Knoxville Game Design, August 2017, Game Jam Show Off with Chris Dan Manning, Joe Miller, Jake Gillenwater, and Levi D. Smith. Hello everyone, welcome to the August 2017 meeting of the Knoxville Game Design. We are developers in the Knoxville and East Tennessee area who develop games for fun and also develop games for profit. Uh, currently we have three people in the meeting this month. Uh, first of all, we have the creator of games such as Subhunter and Kufu's Delivery Services. From Morristown, Tennessee, it's Joe Miller. Hi, everybody. And also on the line, but having some audio difficulties, is our expert in processing programming, developing games using processing, Ruth Ann Manning. So hopefully we get her audio problems fixed out here in a little bit, and she'll be able to join us. Uh, but we'll definitely still show off her game, even if she doesn't have audio. My name is Levi Smith. Uh, you may know me from games such as Kitty's Adventure and One Gunman, and I'm in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. So I think we're just going to start off with a recap of what happened this week. We actually had a uh, show-off get-together at the Sunsphere, which was hosted by the Knox Devs Group here in Knoxville, Tennessee. So it was like a get-together of all of the major uh, groups, meeting groups in Knoxville. So we had a table that we set up. Uh, it was me, Joe Miller, and Dylan Wolf. We had laptops set up so people could stop by and talk to us and play some of our games and check out in general just uh, what we do in our group. Uh, Joe, did you have anything uh, interesting to say about the Sunsphere meetup? Oh, it was really neat to get out there. I lived here for a couple of years. I've never actually been over to that building and been inside and see some of Knoxville from up high. So that was that was cool. And it seemed like there was a a lot more div like other programming type people in the area than I realized with other specialized groups like Ruby groups and Python groups and web dev. It was just kind of nice to see that there's uh, a, a decent community around it. So I, I would like to go to the next meeting. They said it was going to be quarterly. So uh, it was, it was fun. Yeah. I think they do it maybe at a different location <clears throat> every time. And this was the first time they, did it at the Sunsphere, but yeah, I think I heard there was like a thousand. I don't know if there's a thousand people there. That's what they claim, but it looked like a good you know, hundred or so just lined up in booth. I think there was like a total of twenty-three booths set up around the Sunsphere. So you're way up high, you can see the whole city, and then talk to other developers while you're out there. So yeah, we met a lot of great people. I think we brought a little bit more awareness of what we do in Knoxville game design. I was also going to mention that uh, <clears throat> we did a Ludum Dari kickoff in the middle of July before Ludum Dari 39, and we waited, and the announced theme was running out of power, so we're going to be talking about that in a little bit, 
and we had a good show out. Uh, again, it's me, Joe Miller, and Dylan Wolf, and we're also joined by Jacob and his family. So I'm hoping that Jacob will be able to pop in today, but if not, we'll definitely still show off his game that he developed for Ludum Dare this time. Uh, so I guess we'll go ahead and get on into it. I guess we'll just... Uh, go by person. Uh, Joe, uh, if you want to show off both of your games, I don't know if you have your GM48 game ready, but uh, I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast yet. Okay. Um, yep. I remember how to share my screen here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I have that one queued up. This This was not a... A game I really felt very proud of, but uh, I was kind of crunched for time that weekend to see what I wanted to do. I ended up cutting out a lot of the things that I had in mind for what the game was going to be. Yeah, I guess I didn't mention that the uh, theme for this one was Sacrifice. Um, and uh, if people aren't aware, uh, GM48 is a 48-hour game jam similar to Ludum Dare as the same voting and everything else. Uh, the only difference in this one is you have to use Game Maker, either Game Maker Studio or Studio 2, I believe. So yeah, see your screen, Joe. You got your... This game is called 30 Jumps. Yeah, and uh, I had kind of tinkered with the idea of making it randomly generated or actually manually creating the stage and I, I went with manually creating just because it was uh, easier to kind of control what the actual mechanics were going to be with that but it was a pretty simple game the the controls they're kind of like angry birds in that you kind of click and drag back to get um an amount of force and kind of the angle that you're going to launch like a slingshot. And the, the point of the game is to try to get up to the 30th platform, which is uh, up here somewhere. Yeah, I played it. I think I got up to platform number nine, so I still had a bit of ways to go. That's <laughs> way up there. But uh, there were a few people uh, on the comment section on the GM48 site that had beat it and showed uh, some screenshots of being up on platform 30. Wow. Pretty impressed that people took the time to do it. That is impressive. Uh, uh, but it, I mean, it was it was kind of a simple game. If you if you miss, then you fall, and you have to restart. Uh, part of the the sacrifice mechanic was gonna be that I had these uh, angel wings up here in the corner. I don't know if you can see that. Yes. But uh, I had the idea that if you fell off a platform, you would be able to use an angel wing or sacrifice an angel wing to get flown back up to the platform you fell from. Uh, but I did not get that working in time, so they're just kind of there. They don't actually do anything. Um, but I, I think overall I got some pretty good com comments. People liked the music that I did and um, just that the kind of the amount of force and the angles felt pretty good for the controls, that it, nothing seemed too out of whack with that. I just didn't... Uh, really finish everything I wanted to for it. Well, that's kind of how game gems go, so. 
Yeah, I think you're getting really good at these uh, games that could potentially be ported to touchscreen. I could definitely see this like being ported over to mobile. Yeah, I do kind of have that mindset when I go in of uh, how something would work on mobile versus Windows. I, I think about that now. Yeah, I was also uh, going to mention Dylan isn't on the call this week, but I know he was doing some Twitch streaming, and I think he was working on some uh, touchscreen in Unity. And I also see Jake Gillenwater, uh, who joined us a couple of months ago, uh, has popped in. Hey, Jake, how's it going? Doing fine. Glad to be back. Uh, we're just going over our uh, Game Jam games that we've developed over the past month. Uh, so yeah, as mentioning, I know Dylan was doing a live stream on Twitch for doing a like a multi-touch interface, uh, I guess for tablets in Unity. So yeah, I'm not too familiar with Unity, but I know it's there's a couple different ways to go about it in Game Maker, so I imagine there's something similar in Unity. Yeah, do you have to uh, like import? a library into game maker to do touch interfaces or does it just like use the default mouse click event uh it'll use the default mouse click for the first touch uh and you can count on the right click for a second touch but then you, you start to have some weird behavior between windows and mobile if you use that second touch or use right click as your second touch but then uh th it does have a way to detect multi-touch like up to 10 points but you kind of it's like a manual like a for loop where you're kind of checking contact for any touch and then getting returning like the x and y of where the touch is at and you can kind of re like return it as an array of coordinates and then do what you want with those touch points that sounds very sim similar to unity where it's like the first if you just use a left mouse uh action left mouse click that's like your first touch the second touch is weird it's like the center point of two touches is a right click focuses the right click event then after that it's like yeah you specifically got to handle everything yourself yeah so yeah that's an awesome i like 30 jumps there uh so right now it's only available for windows is that right on your yeah i haven't uh ported anywhere it's on itch it's on your itch right now awesome yeah I did try a mobile build with it just to see, but uh, I would need to do some work on, like, it's really hard to grab the little thing to pull back and release. It's too small. But I could come up with a better way to do that. Very cool. Um, I guess since we're talking about GM48, I'll go ahead and show off my GM48 game, then we'll close up the GM8, GM48 portion of the podcast. So I'm going to focus myself and share. And I think I need that one. And junk. So I created Junk Feed Blaster. Oh, so I'll just show off a little bit of the gameplay, then talk about it because I don't talk. Uh, yeah, the audio is not coming through, so we're still just getting here talking, or at least I am. <laughs> 
Okay, so that's the basic premise of the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have problems sharing out, and unless it's muted, and I can't mute the game itself. But yeah, so a uh, little story that goes along with this game. So people may not understand why that is sacrificed. So uh, a few years ago, I had heart issues, had to have a stamp placed in around my heart. Uh, so one thing I had to sacrifice is junk food. So uh, that's my way of showing what I had to sacrifice. You, you walk around, you have a starting heart rate, which starts at, I guess I can bring up the um, page on my site and just show off screenshots. Uh, Levi D. Smith, junk food blaster. So what I had originally envisioned is having like a heart rate, graphical heart rate meter. And <clears throat> then that would go up or down depending on whether you've run into the junk food. So every time you hit either a hamburger or a hot dog, then it raises your heart rate. Just walking will raise your heart rate and jumping will also increase your heart rate as well. So yeah, if you get up to 200, uh, you'll have cardiac arrest and then that that's game over. I wanted to have like a little heart meter where it does like the little pulses and everything, but didn't get around to that. But it's my first time working, developing a game in Game Maker um, where... <clears throat> I had the camera where it would move along with the player <clears throat> in the platformer. So that's something I learned new in this. And apparently the way that you handle viewports and cameras in GameMaker 2 is different than the original GameMaker Studio. So it was a little bit confusing. I was going out trying to figure out how to do, how to get the camera to follow along with the player throughout the level. And a lot of the examples were for the original Game Maker, which no longer applied. So I had to figure out the new way to do it. So I uh, got all that working. So yeah, I was kind of happy what uh, I had developed. Um, if I was to develop this further, I'd like to add more enemies, make it more of like a Mega Man style game, have guys shooting at you and everything else have bosses or whatever and um yeah so yeah that was my gm48 game uh that i developed uh, a couple weeks ago okay so joe did you want to go ahead and talk about your uh ludum dare game that you developed uh sure we can jump into that so you developed Away Team. Away Team, yeah. This is the running out of power. Um, was the theme for this one. And, okay. So, Away Team uh, was it's a squad and resource simulation game. So, it's, uh, it's turn based strategy as opposed to real time. So, when you start the game, Nothing really happens until you interact with it, but you can look and like it randomizes your crew of people, and they have jobs like trooper, technician, scientist, or classes, and they each have their own stats and their own XP and leveling. Um, and then your ship itself has some stats between the engine and the med bay, and the point of it being that each time you advance the clock an hour. It uses 10 power to power the ship and everything around it. 
and then you need to charge the jump drive 10 turns worth uh, and have power to make a jump towards home. And then each jump you make, it makes it a little bit harder until you get there or run out of power. And then in the meantime, what you can do is you can open one of these locations <coughs> and send an away team of people, <coughs> whoever you want to pick. So you pick like Mike Garcia and Tyler Walker and Lisa Jones, and I can send them on a mission, which takes a certain amount of time. Uh, and then when they finish that mission, there's a bunch of stuff that happened while they were away, and it kind of feeds that out in a log. They uh, encountered a hostile alien species, had to run away from the aliens, suffered damage, had to flee low oxygen. So they, they can either succeed at, at extra events or fail at them, and they either get bonus rewards or take damage. And then when damaged people... Uh, you can't send them back out. So, like, they take a certain amount of time to recover uh, based on your med bay. But, uh... Yeah, this reminds me sort of like of some Koei games that I've played, like Romance of the Three Kingdoms and some of the Dynasty Warriors uh, strategy games where you, like, have a team and you send them to go out and do something and they'll do it and then come back and you get the results and get bonuses yeah. and things. That's that's the idea, and then you have enough people to make two teams, but you can only send one out at a time. But as people gain levels, their uh, their stats go up. Uh, when they get to level five, they get a specialization, which have things like uh, plus defense or plus supplies they find, and you can level up the engines in the med bay, and you just. Kind of try to manage your power. The, the only way to get more power is to convert supplies that they bring back. Uh, and then that lets you keep taking turns to keep getting more supplies to keep trying to make it home. And that's that's the gist. And it seems like uh, the difficulty of it kind of ramps up a little bit in the beginning and the first and second jump area. Uh, but if you can get past that, and you have enough power to get going in the, the third area, you start having more missions that actually give much larger supply rewards, and then you can kind of make it from there. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it sort That's of re reminds me of a Trade Wars-type game where you're going exploring space and going to new sectors. and Yeah, yeah the, uh, the majority of the game is actually all in one big... Uh, initialization script here that's about 400 lines of code and it kind of sets up everything that can happen uh, so it's got all the different like people names all the different events all the different ships and planets and and then everything else the actual game game is just kind of rolling dice and picking things out of this list so for the crew names, it looks like you have an array of first names and an array of last names. So you just like randomly pick a first name and a last name and put them together? Yep. Awesome. Yeah, so that way I'm assuming like every time you play the game, you get a different crew every time. Yeah, just to, I mean, I did like, it's like 20 names. So, but you have 20 first names, 20 last names. I mean, that, that makes a lot of possibilities. But you might see the same stuff pop up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, very cool. Can you hear me now, Levi? Yes, Ruthann, you sound great. <laughs> <laughs> I look bad. I can't figure out how to turn this camera off, but it's okay. um, I'm, I have a clue here, so I can do my presentation you can't on do my your Mac. I can do my presentation on my Mac and talk to you through my Android phone. Oh, that, that'd be perfect. Yeah, if you want to okay. go ahead and show off your game for Ludum Dare, that'd be great. Are you ready now? Yes. Uh, okay. So you did a game called Power Transformer. Uh, yes. A... Can you still hear me now? Yes, I still hear you. Okay. So I'm going to talk to you. I mean, I'm going to demo through one of me that's there and, and talk through the other one. Oh, okay. 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 So I actually have two versions of the same thing. One, the Power Transformer, which is out on Itch.io. I, I pronounce these words my own way, okay? That's fine. Power we all pronounce them our own ways. I say Ludum Dare and you say something different. So anyway, maybe you could understand what I'm saying. Yeah, it's all okay, good. We know what you're talking about. Okay. Both of these and one more are out on Itch.io. And these two are the ones that I submitted to Let Them Dare. So those are the only ones I'm going to talk about today. The third one that I new features that I will also tell you later at the end that I'm working on. Now, um, actually, if I click right there, I would go to the Let Them Dare one, but I don't want to do that now. Okay. Now, this one is just to let you know why I participate in uh, the Let Them Dare jams. You can still hear me, right? Can you still hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I was muted. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you've been doing uh, Ludum Dare for a long time. Like, it looks like ever since you met us through the Metropulse article and everything. Yeah. I met you because somebody saw that article in um, in the Metropulse. Yes. And they suggested that I show up. And I think it's your February meeting in 2014. I showed up and I got a lot of stares. But uh, at that point, I had only made like one mobile app. And I'd never made a video game. So it took me till the end uh, of 2014 to actually make one, but I don't think I actually submitted it. Now, the next thing that I, I'm gonna start, um, I guess, admitting some things that you probably already know anyway. I'm not a video game player nor enthusiast, and design for me is not intuitive. Um, what I do is I find example codes like maybe two or three, and then I design in my mind what I want them to do, and then I put them together and add stuff, okay. But sometimes I will honestly say that I download um, some sample codes, and I can't even figure out how to play them if they don't have instructions. I'll show you one of those <laughs> examples today. Now, so the reason I'm motivated is because I'm 66 years old, and I don't want to, you know, get dementia like my mom. Uh, I mean, I may still do it. But anyway, it's a challenge for me to keep my mind going. And I like these dares because I feel like I, I can try to be creative. And I really like the idea that you have three days and you have to do it, you know, quickly. So that's, that's, uh, 
that's a little introduction and in, in confession. Yeah, you're talking about like looking at examples. I think that's the, the way a lot of us, at least I know that's the way I do a lot of my program. I, I just don't like sit down and read books on programming. It's like, okay, I, I want to figure out how to do this one thing. Oh, where's an example of how to do that? Then I yeah. kind of look at their code and try to change it enough or write it my own way then once i figure out that skill like okay now i can use this thing that i know how to do in all my other games so. right and I, some of the ones that i did for this uh jam came from things that i'd figured out before you know i saved them so i mean it was a but i do not sit down and write code from scratch okay so but at the end i'll show you just how many lines of code it took to do this Okay, now, here's sort of the timeline for me. I got the idea that I wanted to use a transformer back on July the 17th. Um, I was with my son-in-law and in Charlotte, and I bought him a birthday present, a cake and a balloon. And he sent me this, and since I'm a grandmother, I just want to show you this. Can you see the little balloon? Yeah, I see the baby. <laughs> Is that a doll or a real baby? No, that's my fourth grandchild. Oh, okay. Kind of looked like a doll at first. <laughs> yeah, I see him playing with the balloon <laughs> there. Now she's tired. She quit kicking when she put the thing down. Okay. Um, so when you say transformer, are you talking about like Autobots or are you talking about like power transformers? No, no, not power transformers. My idea, my son-in-law is a, like he wants to go to Dragon Con. Oh, okay. He likes those heroes and stuff like that so yeah so you're I talking about big robots that turn into cars <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's correct okay exactly right okay now um okay now the next day on saturday i started looking for sample codes i'm trying to show you like the the process that i went through to get this uh this entry okay the first thing was i guess this one is the first one that i looked at this one, by the way, I have no clue how to play. Maybe you can tell me. But I'm going to actually, it doesn't get the screen very big, so I'm actually going to play it from YouTube. Okay, which one is that? Okay. Yeah, I see Windmills and Rain, Re Revolution, yeah. Revolute Joint Example. Yeah, and this is what the code looks like in processing. And notice it's running, you can't see my hands, can you? It's no. running in Java. <laughs> Okay. It's running with Java. Okay. Um, and you can see that you have, um, you know, different parts of the code, the box, the particle, the windmill. And if I click on that, there would be other things that it takes to run it. Now, in the demo, I'll show you in a second um, me trying to play the game. <clears throat> okay. I guess I'm going through all the code just to let you see. It's right here, right here is okay. where... Yeah, I see it now. Yeah, I see it now. Oh, I see your code now, okay. yes. Okay. All right. Uh, i got to go back another one. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, this is where we were. I'll tell you what, I'm just going to play it a little, and you won't be able to read anything. Yeah, okay. that may be so easier. This, yeah, that's easier, because otherwise i got to, you know, connect the other screen and all that uh, window. Okay, now... This is my video, and it shows you you connect the name of the thing, mm -hmm. and I mean, click on the name of the program, and then up comes, this is the processing program, the windows, 
I mean, it shows, and I'm just scrolling down the windows to show you what the code looks like, but you can't see it right now. Maybe a little later, you will kind of see what um, what uh, processing code looks like. But this is Java, basically Java that, that we have there. And I have different uh, windows. One is for for the actual, um, this, this is the winds, windmills and rain code. And then it's got, um, you know, the particles and the, box and, and all that. Basically, their windmill is going to be just two rectangles joined by um, a Revolut joint. And this one is in, in box 2D. So my whole idea, and I had promised Michael, uh, Neil, that I would do something with box 2D sometime. And so I'm finally coming through, but um, with a presentation about it. But you can see this is kind of a box down here in the left and on the right. And so your windmills are supposed to get, you know, those raindrops down in those boxes and that's how you get scores. Yeah, I know Unity um, also uses box 2D for the 2D physics mm -hmm. engine. It's a fairly popular like library or... The, the problem with, and I'll say it in a minute, but while it's finishing, the problem with box 2D is it was a, a port for Java, and I wanted something that would run uh, as an applet, so I needed it to run in the JavaScript. And so I spent, well, I spent uh, pretty much a lot of Saturday trying to port this one from <clears throat> Java to JavaScript, but the wrapper that they have for the Box 2 physics for JavaScript there are so many different libraries that I was working with. I was, it was driving me nuts. I could imagine. And I, <laughs> and I didn't really want to use this code anyway. I just wanted to figure out how to take make a, a, um, a windmill turn without doing like this one over here that I'm going to show you. I looked at this code, and I found it in open processing, and I'm showing you there that that I downloaded it from Open Processing. That's a place where people put out their, some of the, their example codes. Now this one, you'll notice, it's got a windmill turning, mm -hmm. but there is no physics at all in uh. this one. And the code is about probably 100 lines, because all it does is it prints, you know, I mean, it, it, it prints this, um, I mean, images, the stick, and then these other three things, it will draw one, go over so many degrees, draw another one. You know, in other words, it's just a fake, a fake windmill. And I didn't want to do something like that. I wanted to do physics um, 2D, I mean, box 2D. So when I realized that after all day on Saturday, on Sunday, I went back to this code that really was the only one that we studied in that course I took in the middle of 2013. So here's it. It's called Angry Droids, and it's it's in JavaScript. And actually, I had a Java version too. So when it starts playing, it might be too loud. Well, you probably will you won't hear it because I muted on this uh, on this. Uh, yeah, on my, yeah, I hear you I talking, but I don't hear any audio from the video there, which is okay. Yeah, yeah you won't, you won't hear any. You would if I went to the uh, YouTube, maybe. No, you wouldn't probably. Okay, <clears throat> anyway, so, sorry. Okay, so this one, 
I think I got rid of it when it was actually doing something. Yeah, I remember doing okay. processing yeah, years ago when I was in college, and it seems like it was sort of like it's uh, AI functional type language. Um, um, well, this would actually you can select like an Android mode, you can select uh, Java mode and JavaScript in the earlier versions of processing. You can't now. Now you have to write your own library or get somebody else's library oh, to okay. do that. But now, if you noticed in this particular one, all the boxes are the same and so i and it had no it had no real well it did have some scoring but it's not as complicated as mine it had no it had sounds but they weren't that complicated either but i had to uh, once i i decided on this code and i wanted different windmills and i had to figure out how to load multiple images and um well i already knew how to do that but anyway that's I didn't just cheat and steal the code. Is what yeah, I'm to say. I, I mean, think according I think, to Ludum Dare, I mean, if the code, if it's something publicly available, then it's fair game that you can use it. Yeah, that one that I used, uh, I have a license from the people that taught the course, and all you, all they require that you do is put the name, you know, their names, and also include the license for from MIT. Uh, for processing period, and so yeah, I have all that. Yeah, I think now, the so MIT I'll... license is like the most permissive out there. Is like, yeah, you can take the code, do with it whatever you want to. And you can even sell it. You can even put it in product. And, yeah. You know, sell it. I don't care. Uh, <clears throat> and and um, the one that with the the Revolut code, mm -hmm. I was uh, winds and um, and rain. I actually switched from a from that one, which is kind of complicated to to the original code that that guy used and, and expanded on. And that's by somebody named Schiffman who writes a lot of tutorials and stuff like that. He gives you a lot of examples. And in his codes, he says you could use them to sell too, you know. But anyway, I've already told you that. I, I keep, sorry, I keep, I keep uh, doing my, my mouse wrong. Okay, so basically I said I wasted a lot of time and the problem was I was using multiple library wrappers for JBox 2D. And so I got frustrated. I waste a lot of time until I decide what I really want to do. I think okay. we all do that. It's like, well, what do I want to do here? <laughs> you know, it, it, even once you start on a sample code, you know, you decide this is going to be it. Then the way that the code is ultimately going to look you know, the way the game is actually going to look is totally, you know, different than what you first thought it was going to be. Yeah. Like what I wanted was to have these these transformers to have um, windmills on the top of them, which actually turned and turned. Um, this was my original idea. And they turned using box 2D physics. And instead of hitting the, the like this game, uh, transformer hits these, uh, what do you call them, um, windmills and gets energy that way. You know, oh, okay. uh, but then um, what I originally wanted to do was to have windmills that would turn using the correct physics. In other words, that revolute joint type of thing. But I wanted it to be look more like uh, uh, look more like a windmill than just two rectangles <laughs> and a joint. Okay. Yeah. Um, so 
So I get really ambitious sometimes, and then I try things, and then they don't work, and I get frustrated, and I move on. So ultimately, once I went to the angry droids code, I just have all of these windmills, but I put a different picture on each block, which was a, you know another level for that. <clears throat> now, so I'm gonna. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think this yeah, is very I'm cool. It's kind of like a postmortem, like what you did, what you learned, and how things went. <laughs> yeah, I th except I'm doing it live instead of, uh, you know, sort of live. Yeah. Anyway, sort of not live, but the commentary is live. So okay, I saw you had a score on the screen there. How, how do you earn points in the game? Okay, I have a slide for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> no, that's okay. Now, this is my submission. Oh, and we lost you. Your... I think we lost the map feed. Did you lose me? No, we hear you and we see your video, but we lost the um, screen share. Yeah, so that's really impressive to be able to pull like processing in, use that for. I don't know anybody else that's ever like developed a lot of games and processing, especially a game in forty-eight hours over a weekend. So, well, very cool. actually, it was like thirty-six. I mean, it was uh, more than three days, whatever, three days, but I did like go to church and I had a dentist appointment and all that. So it wasn't really solid all that time. But um, now I've got to figure out how to get back in. Hold on just one second. Yeah, it, I was just going to say it mm. is important to take breaks because like over 48 hours, I think I usually spend anywhere from 11 to 18 hours actually developing and uh, making the game and... Uh, so it is yeah the first one I did like I I worked nonstop and I got such bad pain neuropathy in my legs and feet it was the most painful thing I've ever had and it was because I sat still and didn't move for three days you know that was really dumb so now I go to whatever I want to go and I just do it okay now yeah it's definitely not good uh yeah, to be sedentary. I think that's one thing that led to some of my heart problems is just like sitting for so long and not getting outside enough and just staying in front of the computer. Yeah, I think I uh, hit the wrong thing. Give me just one second. I can't okay. multitask today. Yeah, I was hoping uh, Jacob would join us, but uh, I guess I'll just show off his game uh, after Rethan is finished. <clears throat> I'm having fun. You maybe want to shut me up, okay? Oh no, you're fine. <laughs> Once I finally get it working, you can't shut me up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Join the hangout. <laughs> I can do this. I can do it. Did I get it right? Yeah, yeah. we we hear yeah, you. We just need. What to... happened was when I brought myself in again. Yeah. I had the microphone on, and oh, now okay. I'm muted on that machine, okay. but you can hear me on my Android phone. So okay. is everything cool now? Yeah. Okay. We hear your audio, but we're not seeing your screen yet. Because I haven't shared it. Okay. Yet, right. Okay. Yeah. We we do see both of your profiles up now, so I think I think it, we're heading in the right direction. I think you know, like you're saying, you just need to screen share now. Okay, uh, let me click on. You, are you, you're not seeing anything. Yes, I see it now. Anymore. Okay, we're good. <laughs> Looks perfect. You're good? Yes. Okay. Now, um, <clears throat> so I need to get rid of Are you seeing you left the... Okay, there we go. We see That's timeline seeing, right? continued July 30th. Switch to Angry Dwarves model code. Okay, that's, that's good. This is what you're supposed to see. 
Okay, now, um, I th this is me playing it a little bit, I think. Okay, no, this is, uh, if you go to Let Them Dare and you want to see me there, it's under Trans-Z. Oh, okay. Yeah, I looked for yeah. it there and I couldn't find it. So yeah, we'll definitely have to get that link and post it. Z is in zebra, E V E. Okay. Okay. Now, okay. I thought my son in law, a graphic artist, was going to help me. Obviously, he didn't with my graphics. Um, let me go back and show you what the problem was, which you can probably see. Okay, let me stop it right there. Okay. You see my little man? I did not know how to make him with color. Oh. I tried I tried scratch uh, and it came out like that. I tried online uh, like JPJ to SVG.net or something like that and it always came out black and white. So I wanted my uh, son-in-law to fix it for me and his answer was, I mean, not to put him down, he does have a baby to take care of. What he said is download Photoshop, you know, a trial copy, which I did. But if you don't know how to use Photoshop, you know, I got to the point to where you get multiple layers and you pull off one layer, but it was just too much for me, you know, to learn in that same three days. So I just went with, with this. And I was trying to make these windmills also be in that SVG format. And when I did them, they looked like little, you know, they looked a lot like that. And it was so confusing. You had all these little strange looking things flying everywhere. Yeah, so I, I had to get I was going to say Inkscape is a good tool for doing SVG graphics. Well, I have well. Inkscape. I have Inkscape, I think. It might have expired, but I think I do have it on this uh, machine. But that would be, you know, I, I have to learn how to do it. See, the problem is, and you know this, the only time... I work on any of this, except I am making a mobile app. But the only time I work on this video game stuff is when I'm doing a Let Them Dare. Yeah. And so, like, in between, I don't bring it up until I learn how to do Photoshop. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Uh, but that's my mistake. So, anyway, so, so that's what this is. Let me tell you a little bit about how this works. <clears throat> it applies, maybe I should wait for the slide that goes into more detail, but when when I move my um, move this little man with my mouse while I'm moving it, it connects um, it connects the this to the um, to the vector I guess, and then when I release the mouse, it applies a force on that transformer, which is proportional uh, to the distance from that transformer to the top of this pole. Okay. And so the farther, in other words, if you play my game and you move this transformer up here to the far right corner, he's going to like go crazy and hit all the walls and everything before he possibly hits some of these. And you will hear the wall sounds when you play it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I keep moving to another. Okay. So anyway, um, let me finish this one. I guess I should move over a little bit. I don't think I went to the end of this, but but you can watch. Yeah, I see him bouncing it. around in there, hitting all the windmills. <laughs> right, but he hits them more with more force if I let him go. Um, 
I assume it's a male transformer, don't you? <clears throat> but anyway, if I let him go for it, you're gonna wake him up. <laughs> well, I know I didn't want to be politically incorrect. I was making a joke. But anyway, this is uh, that was at Ichio, and that was how you could download versions, uh, native applications like for iOS desktop, um, <clears throat> for uh, Windows 34, 32, or 64, and for Linux 32 and 64. And I have those out there working in this format that you pretty much see there. You I also mean, have a web version, which I tried. So if anybody just wants to fire up a web browser and try your game, they can play it over the web, too. Yeah. Well, see, that's why I didn't want to use that Resolute Joint thing. I mean, Revolute. Revolution. Revolute Joint code, because I was restricted to Java, and that would be native applications. And I wanted it to be able to, you know, before at Let Them Dare, you could embed it and you can see it right there and play it but now you have to go somewhere to do it mm -hmm. but anyway that's the reason i gave up on that because i wanted an html5 version okay now <clears throat> now i'm going to talk a little bit about the physics are you pretty out to tears no you're fine yeah i see your code here that looks interesting uh okay now this uh my code uses a, a library a wrapping of that, you know, I said earlier of that JBox 2D, <clears throat> Java Box 2D, and to work on processing.js. So processing has its, you can think of as one program or, or one platform is processing, but then there's another one called processing.js. So I run these codes in different, really, um, whatever you want to call it, platforms or not, not platforms. What's the word? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Cause different. applets are typically Java programs and JavaScript is like, if you're doing uh, HTML5 and things like yes. uh, JavaScript yeah. is a purely scripting language for the web where a Java applet, you're actually compiling the Java code into bytecode. Now I'm assuming you still the, there? yeah, I'm sorry. I hear you. Okay, so what I, I'm going to show you a little bit, you know, you ask how the algorithm, the scoring algorithm works. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to give you just a little idea about how it does. This is not pure um, box 2D library, actually. Um, and I got this from the people in London, you know, the, the angry gourd people. Uh, it actually has its own physics um, modification, you know, when you set up the physics, they have done their own. And then uh, they did their own uh, collision detector. And I'm just showing you a little bit about it. The thing is about the, when you set this collision detector up, it sets up a listener. And when this listener um, detects a collision, any kind of collision, then it goes to uh, something called collision and figures out whether it's between uh, the transformer and one of the windmills or a windmill hitting a windmill or something hitting the wall. Now, the angry droids counted it if one of the, um, one of the transformer, uh, one of the windmills hit the wall, it played a sound and did something. But I took that out. Now you only score if the transformer hits one of the windmills. Oh, okay. 
Okay. That does sound yeah, very uh, similar to Unity. Like in Unity, you have like an on collision enter event. So anytime anything, if that object collides with something else, then that event gets called, and you can handle what happens after that. That's 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 what happens here. That um, that listener is set up. Okay, that li once that listener is set up, then as I'm going through the code, through the draw part of the code, then if there is a collision, it tests for a collision. It tests to see what kind of thing hit what, and then it works from there. It plays a sound, or it increases the score, whatever. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, I guess. Let me move to the next slide. Now, basically, this is the way the code looks. Up here, there's a lot of lots of global things to do. And you import a bunch of um, Box2D libraries and stuff like that. <clears throat> but I didn't put any of that in. And then in the setup, you load the images, like the, well, all kinds of images. You know, the backgrounds and all of those little uh, windmills and the transformer. A lot of these things, um, like this Power Transformer uh, logo, mm -hmm. I did make that on the day that before I submitted it to uh, to uh, let them dare. But the next day I made it. But actually to save time on the screen, I automatically, I took the um, basic background and I copied that on it and copied the little uh, timer thing mm -hmm. on it. So that actually when I'm running the code, I don't keep printing it, you know, imaging it on there. Yeah. It's already on the background. Now, okay, um, then during draw, I call my custom renderer. That was the word I was trying to think of. And that um, that's the thing that actually, I actually set up the physics world in setup, in setup. And that's caused me problems. I don't understand why I'm having some problems. I'll tell you a minute about that. But because I set it up in setup, I can't, um, I can't change, you know, can't change my screens. You know, I just have to have this play screen if I want it to work right. Okay, so we call them custom renderer and draw. And then there are two more um, methods that are important. If you drag the mouse, then it ties the transformer to the mouse while you're dragging. So you can see uh, it says the, posi the position, mm -hmm. the physics screen to world. And then you get a vector mouse where, where your mouse is moving, the pointer is moving. Then, okay. Now, <clears throat> once you're dragging, you know what? This was supposed to be, let me hold on a second. I think I didn't edit that right. Yeah, I didn't edit that right. This is this method is avoid drag, but this one was supposed to say mouse released. Oh, uh, okay. And so anytime you use the mouse, it calls this. And it applies an impulse, like I said, based on the distance from the transformer to the catapult. Is that the way you pronounce that? Anyway, so you get, you set up the impulse and uh, the starting point is, I guess, uh, from the top of the catapult. And then you um, Im impose an impulse and it's by a multiplier of 50. Now I, I figured out today that the last time I had a physics course, was 48, 48 years ago, <laughs> and I only had one. I only had one course. It was honors physics for one quarter, not even a semester. So, 
I don't know a whole lot about physics, I admit. Yeah, okay, it's so been about you, um, 15 years for me, or no, probably so 18 years. If, you think I'm 18, if I was 18, a freshman, yeah. and, um, and I'm 66 now, if I do my math right, that's 48. I took ago. two physics classes like my freshman year, and I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. I want to I want to write <laughs> software. <laughs> well, it wasn't for me either, so... So if you catch me saying very ignorant things, then you probably can't. Yeah, I'm not a physics expert. The thing that I never liked about <laughs> physics was like all the formulas and everything apply to this perfect world that you're never going to be in um, yeah. with like no wind and no resistance and everything. So I was like, okay, well, what's the point of this if you can't actually use it? <laughs> yeah, now engineering, I think, is a little less precise too. Now mathematics is so precise, you would have hated being a math major. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so here's the collision routine, okay? The, you know, which is automatically called anytime it, you know, senses a collision. Uh, all right, you have two bodies and an impulse, okay, that, that are passed into that. And if the transformer collides with anything but a wall with an impulse greater than one, then you score. Okay, so I have to test. These are two two bodies. If it's a transformer, and um, the, the mass of the wall is zero, so if the mass of the other one is bigger than zero of one of these two um, bodies, then you also test if the impulse is bigger than one, and if it's bigger than one, then you add one score. Oh, and I got on, you. On down here, then you decide. Whoops, where am I? Okay, on down there, then you decide what kind of sounds to, to play. I'm hearing my sound. Okay, now this is the point. The point is, and I say it somewhere in, out on the itch.io, point is we're assuming that there's a massive power failure, which I think on April 17th there was one. Was it this year? There was one in more than one city. But anyway, assume that we have a lot of blackout. Then this transformer, power transformer guy, is going to try to put a bunch of um, windmills in production. And again, this might be, this is sort of a ideal condition, but it is true that those windmills that I showed pictures of are approximately 1.8 megawatts. Mm -hmm. And they can produce 5.2 million kilowatts in a year, and that's enough power to to uh, power more than 500 typical households. So at the end, it's not showing this, this comment on um, the version that went to Let Him Dare, but um, at the end, I say, congratulations, you've provided power for how many ever you hit times 500 homes for one year. Oh, okay, so it's sort of actual sort of educational as well. <laughs> you, you learn how much power like a windmill yeah. can generate in a year. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Most I don't know if you've noticed in the past, all but one, all but one of my little dare codes in the past were made for my little five-year-old and younger grandchildren. This one, they could not, they couldn't even understand about the catapult and the, you know. You know, I, I don't even understand it. You know, I know they can't. Uh, but another one that I made was, remember when we had that one unconventional wep weapon? Yeah. And I made 
Kryptonator, and the idea That's was... That's the one with Superman, the right? The bad guys were killing Superman. You know, they were... Supermen were flying through the wall, and this bad guy was, was uh, you know, killing them. And so I decided that wouldn't be appropriate for the grandchildren either. But the rest of them are... Were, and other than those two... Yeah, no yeah. here or no courage. We have a bunch of wind, not a bunch, but a few windmill like on top of the hill. Sometimes you can see them off in the distance spinning. I don't know if they mm-hmm. provide power for something or what, or if they're just there for show, but apparently you can get like a pass and go up there and see the windmill. But yeah, here in Tennessee, East Tennessee, we have a lot of different types of uh, power available. Like we have the coal plant in Kingston. And we have Bull Run Steam Plant, and in Watts Bar we have like the hydroelectric power. And I think they have a nuclear reactor down there as well, which is something that we're trying to get back online. So we have like all all the different types of power generation uh, capabilities. But you see, since I had made up my mind from the balloon that Transformer was going to be in the thing, there was going to be a Transformer, which I thought my son-in-law would do for me you know the yeah. graphics for that doesn't matter but once i got that in my head when it said running out of power uh okay i figure it's blackout and then you know this is this is a transformer too right on top of this you would see a transformer oh anyway, yeah so we just lost your desktop there <laughs> oh you lost my desktop yeah. again? we saw it though oh, okay well um <laughs> so sorry okay i guess that's enough Except, did you see that I have those three screens that I want to add? One is the start of the game screen, which you can't see right now, I'm sure. Yeah, we saw the three um, uh, images there, the game over screens. Yeah, you can see those? Yeah, we saw them, but now we can't see them anymore. Oh, oh okay. So one was a start start game, and that one... Maybe I should try to fix it because in the next slide, it tells the things that I want to fix. Right. I want you to be able to check the lid. Let me see if I can do it. Okay. Well, you can't see it, right? Yeah, we can't see it anymore. It just popped out or it went away kind of like it did earlier. You know, I have a, a shaky hand. So Not sure what's going on there. Okay. But yeah, um, I was just thinking you think about... You my face go away? Well, I can tell you. I remember what it says. Okay. Um, it says that on the at the very first screen that comes up, I want you to be able to select the level. Right now, it's fixed. You got two minutes, and to see how many of these wind uh, of these windmills you can hit with the transformer, mm-hmm. you have two minutes. But I want to be able to check the time, the size of the screen, uh, where you put that catapult, and the size of the windmills and the size of the transformers and also change the physics like the gravity and the density all these words are just buzzwords to me those last two yeah anyway i want them to be able to set up levels based on the combination of those things and also i want you to be able to play the game again and keep up with the scores that you had before so you can compare and see if you're getting better trying to beat the best score yeah yeah, at that on the play again screen. And then on that play again screen, you would have a choice of um, playing the game again or stopping. And then with the game over, then it tells how many total houses that you restored the power to. Now, this, these are future enhancements that will never happen, you know, but that's what I would do if I'm really trying to make it good. It's always good to have but ideas the thing on is, things that you want to make better. I have lots of ideas, but, you know, but. 
but no follow through. But anyway, but the problem I had, I actually tried on Monday to implement, to put some of these screens in. And so I had spent all the time, you know, finding those screens and putting things on them. But the problem I have is the way that physics is set up, it's set up and set up before you get to draw. And so when you go to play again, it looks, you still have those boxes of those windmills. They're there the way they were before, you know? Oh, yeah. I've uh, run into that problem with my games. It's like, you want to restart a level, but you got to clear everything out first, then reinstantiate everything back. Right, and I can't do it. Uh, I can't do I don't know how. I'm sure you can, but I don't know enough about Box 2D and how to end the world and start the world all over. Yeah. So. That's another thing I'd have to do. So anyway, um, if I can't show you anything, I also was going to show you how complicated the code is. How many lines of code? Yeah, we um, saw some of the code earlier with the physics, but I guess that was yeah, the box. There's a lot more than you. There's a lot more code than you would think. I can imagine. Do I still have two faces? Do I still have two faces? No, in there we only see two? one. We see yeah. the we see the shot of your ceiling there. <laughs> Right. Okay, that's the one where you're getting the mic. Yeah. Yeah, you can't see, but bunches of codes. I mean, it's not like a 400, 500, 600, a lot of things. I've got a box 2 JS, a box wrap, a cloud. I wanted to put clouds in the background, and I almost have that debugged, but I didn't mention that. Now, did, um, did you share out the code on your Ludum Dari entry? Can people download it somewhere and take a look at it? Yeah, you can download all of it. If you download the HTML, you get all of these, and, and also the the web application thing. The problem I've had with the web applications, you know, for iOS and Windows and Linux, is that when I try, not today this time, but another time when I downloaded them on my laptop, which is Windows 10, uh, it had a different Java version than the Java version I had when I created it on my Mac. And so, you know, good luck downloading, you know, the native. But you should be good at uh, downloading the HTML5. You'll, you'll get a zip file that has all of these codes. That's awesome. So, yeah, um, if people out there want to take a look just, at the code, the processing code, they can just download it off your... Yeah, I'm Dore, you, I think I'm done. But what I will thing. say is... Huh? I was just saying, what? people can download I'm, it either off your Ludum Dore entry page or on your Itch.io account, and they can take a look at your code there. Right. If you're really, if you can't sleep one night, like download it. You know, I'm sure you just sleep really quickly. Now, I just want to tell you what the last slide says. Okay. Okay, and then I then I really am done. Mm -hmm. You know, I started out with my first with my newest granddaughter, and so out of fairness, I had my other three. And their ages, uh, well, just turned six, four, and 18 months. But I have pictures of that baby, 14 months old, and one of his sisters playing video games. They're playing Smash, is one of them called Smash? Mm -hmm. And anyway, I didn't have the video, but of the little little one, he, I have a video, um, not with me my son has a video of him getting so excited he's going back and forth and he's actually moving the characters on the screen with a controller oh. he's not like fighting you know he doesn't know how to do that but he's 14 months old and he can way out play his meemaw yeah and at the starting end, out young 
Yes, and he's so excited and he's laughing so hard. He actually bruised his dad sitting on his lap. But the funny part is at the end, he, he puts the controller down, picks up his pacifier. <laughs> you know, it's pretty obvious he's a baby. Okay, I'm done. Okay, well, that was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> really like seeing what you've developed there in processing. Very cool game. Um, I guess I'm going to go ahead and show off my game. And then if uh, Jacob pops in, then he can talk about his game. Otherwise, uh, I'll talk about his game as well. So let me go and share my screen. And I think it's this one. There we go. And so I'm just going to play a video of the game that I created for Ludumdare, which was called Slowbot. Uh, if I actually try to play it, on the cast then that like sucks down my resources and I'm doing too many things at one time already uh, by streaming and recording and also the audio is too loud but uh, yeah here's the compo build uh, let's play that I'm gonna go ahead and play this down I'm just gonna mute this and pull this over uh, can everybody see that in full screen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so I got my little robot here. It's kind of like a bomb diffusing robot. Um, you start out in like this dark area, like a room or dungeon or whatever. So the objective is to go around and collect the three, turn on the three different colored lights. I have like tips to pop up there to try to help the player. You try to avoid the mines. Uh, you have a power meter, which you can see in the upper left-hand corner. So that is going to gradually decrease as you play through the game. Now, as you're moving, it decreases a little bit faster, like two percentage points every second. Whereas if you're just still, it decreases by one point. But as that meter, as your power meter gets lower and lower, then the robot starts to move slower and the headlight starts to dim. And also there's like this <clears throat> moving sound effect, which I actually made with my can opener. So that start, the tone of that goes down as well. Um, so, so yeah, there's 20 total levels in the game. Uh, I created all of the levels using a text editor. So each like unit cell on the screen is like a different letter in my text file like the batteries are H's and the mines are M's and things like that so it's a really efficient way to get a lot of levels created in a short period of time I do have like a parser that I wrote which reads in these text files which get sucked in as text assets into unity and I just use that parser to split each line and do a two-char array to get all those values but uh, yeah, uh, if you hit the mines, then your power decreases by 25%. And picking up the little rotating batteries will regenerate power, like 10% of your power back. Um, I did use an emissive material on the battery just so I would be able to see those in the dark. If those were hidden in the dark, I don't think that would be as much fun. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> I created the model in Blender again. I really didn't do any animations on the model this time. I just sort of did an outline based on a picture that I found on the web and modeled around that uh, to create the robot. 
And for the ground textures and the wall textures, those are just pictures around my house of bricks and like the <laughs> steps leading up to my house. And I also used uh, a normal a normal map, which I generated by using the built-in Unity uh, texture to normal uh, option, which can actually generate a normal map uh, from an image. So that's what makes it look kind of shiny or reflective whenever the light is uh, shining on top of it. So yeah, that's basically the game that I created for Ludum Dare 39. So it's out there on itch.io, uh, Game Jolt, and people can play the Ludum Dare entry. And I also just finished the postmortem. So if anybody out there is interested on about reading more about how I created this game, it's it's out there for people to check out. So <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and pull up Jacob's game. Uh, which is called Lost Signal, and you can play it through a web browser as well, uh, HTML5. I tried downloading the desktop version, and it just didn't seem to want to work correctly. So uh, I just fired it up the other night. Uh, <clears throat> I really haven't had a chance to play it yet. So this is like my first impressions right here, but it looks like you have a guy... <clears throat> he may be wearing a hood or something and a little blue outfit and looks like there's uh, I don't know like some transformer right here uh, with blue circular arcs coming out of it the weird tree s <laughs> so okay power at 95% okay oh no now he's like automatically moving on its own there looks like a there's a little antenna coming out of this generator and a little stick man standing beside it. Um, so I can move around with the arrow keys. Uh, I don't think I can shoot or anything in this game. But, uh, so yeah, you can keep moving along here. <laughs> I'm not sure what to expect here. <laughs> Um, it's like this big open room and let's see here. Oh, there's a little critter moving around here. Little black. Oh, there's two of them. They kind of move in the opposite direction of way. Oh, I got killed. Oh no. So now you restart <laughs> back over the generator. So if you walk to the you left. You think those little things are electricity? I'm not Sully Yoles, uh, Sully memes. <laughs> so you don't want to walk back to the left because that automatically kills you, apparently. Uh, yeah, so let me try one more time. See if there's anything that I missed, like, to the lower side here. I guess the one thing I would tell Jacob is it's kind of hard to see your character. <clears throat> Like the blue on black is kind of hard to see here, but okay. So there's more of these little critters that kill you in one hit. Uh, <clears throat> there's two more stickmen down here. Uh, I don't think they do anything. They're just oh no, you got killed. Yeah, so that's Jacob's <laughs> game there called Lost Signal check that out uh he has a 
Uh, you can find him on LD Jam. I think he's working on creating a Game Jolt page as well, but uh, I think he just has it hosted on his own site for right now. Um, okay, so that's all. So, the... What's that? Oh, okay, never mind. Oh. I started to say how to find him, but there's a link on the not just game design. You yeah. just load them there, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You go to noxgamedesign.org and you can click there and that'll take you directly to his Lost Signal game yeah. entry page right there. Um, okay, so let's see here. One thing I was going to mention is in news is that the Xbox Live Creators Program is now open. So if you have an Xbox One, uh, you can set it up in developer mode and deploy uh, your game to the Xbox One and publish that to the uh, marketplace. Now they do have like a, it's in a separate area in the game store uh, for creators, which uh, aren't through the standard ID at Xbox um, curation process, uh, but it does make it, the Xbox One a little bit more accessible for anyone who wants to publish a game on the Xbox One. So I was working on this. I had my game running through the dev mode on my Xbox One like middle of last year. Didn't have a way to publish it yet. So I was, I'm trying to go back and get that up and running. I ran into some problems with Unity. Um, apparently I had Visual Studio 2015 Community Edition in installed. And when I upgraded to the new Unity 2017.1 version, it will put uh, Visual Studio 2017 on your system. But for whatever reason, it didn't do like a clean install of Visual Studio 2017. It was like a, a stripped-down version without the UWP stuff, which is required for taking your Unity game and publishing it to the Xbox One. So I spent hours last night trying to get that to work. I think the lesson learned is if you're upgrading to Unity 2017, make sure you remove Visual Studio 2015 first. Or, as I had to do, just wipe your, your Windows 10 uh, operating system, which I have my operating system on a different uh, <clears throat> drive, a different partition. So deleting that and reinstalling the OS, it's not too bad. About, it just takes a couple hours. So I'm up and running again. I'm hoping this week to be able to get one or more of my games uh, published on the Xbox One through this creator's program. Another site that I found interesting that uh, over the past few days is this 8-Bit Music Theory. If you want to learn more about how to make uh, music, uh, I think it can apply for either 8-Bit games or any other type of game. This is very helpful. I learned a lot uh, on composing music over the weekend through this about the different scales and chords and things like that and how to make tunes that are really catchy like the classic Mega Man themes and Super Mario themes. Do you have this link um, posted on Knox Game Design? Uh, it will be posted after the podcast okay. so I'll have all of this out there. Uh, yeah, so I think that's it for this month. Oh, one other thing, Recursor uh, who's okay. also oh, in Tennessee. He developed the game for this game jam called GMTK Jam. 
Not exactly sure exactly what, you get, what that is for, but he developed a game called Spacebot, which looks pretty cool. A little space shooter. Uh, so, yeah, if you're interested in seeing what Recursor's been up to, he's still doing his Lua 3D games, uh, his tutorials. So check that out as well if you're interested in Lua. Uh, haven't heard much from... Let me unshare this. What what uh, platform did he use to make that? Uh, I think he works in Lua, Lua 3D, oh, or Love 3D. Oh, that is it. Oh, okay. I, I think, didn't get it. Yeah. I so, never heard of that. Yeah, it seems like it's a pretty good little tool for creating simple little 2D games like that. Uh, I haven't heard much from the Chaos Off game, guys. I know they got greenlit, they're, they're Evil Quest 2, but they've been kind of silent. So hopefully they'll start uh, posting updates as well pretty soon. Uh, what does greenlit mean? Uh, it was an old system on a now-retired system on Steam, the game publishing platform, mm -hmm. where you would go out and you would submit your game to get votes from the Steam community. And if you got enough likes, um, then they would greenlit your game, which would let it become published on Steam. But now they've done away with the green light system. And I forget the name of the new one. It's, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember the uh, Steam Direct or something like that. Now you just pay like a hundred bucks and I think you can get your game on Steam. So they did away with that community-driven process. Okay. So I guess I'll go around one time. Uh, hey, Jake, uh, I guess I missed, uh, I didn't ask if you created any games or been working on anything interesting lately. Uh, I've been working on the same project I was about two months back. Uh, didn't do anything for Weedon Dollary. Uh, I had a summer class, and that lined up perfectly with finals week. Oh. So... Uh, not a good mix. They keep moving the date, I mean, of Ludum Dory, so it was a little bit earlier this time in July. I think the next one will be in December, so we got a little ways for the next one. But can you remind us what was the project that you were working on a couple of months ago? Uh, so what I've been working on is a recreation of an old Atari game called Cosmic Arc. Mm -hmm. I've now switched the name over to Abduction, and it's just a little do-nothing uh, making it out of TypeScript and Phaser. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for joining us again. And if you make more progress, if you want to have some screenshots or video or gameplay you want to show off, yeah, yeah, bring all that. Or you can just send me a link and I'll post it up to our site. I've got a link if you want to do that. Yeah, that'd be great if you send that to me. Yeah, Levi D. Smith at Knox Game Design. Uh, Org. Oh, I forgot one game. I didn't have it on my tab over here, but uh, another Knoxville developer, uh, Chad Shepard. I'm looking for the... I think it's right here. Uh, he created a game called Spin Widgets. Let me share the screen. Put this back on me. And I actually downloaded this uh, for my tablet and it works pretty well. It's a spidget finner. Uh, I can't even say it. Uh, sp spinner widget 
app, Spin Widgets with AR. So you can actually take it. He does a lot with like AR where you can take a dollar, put it on the table, and it will actually find the dollar on the table and things like that. But yes, basically a fidget spinner uh, simulation. You got different colors, and you can just take it and spin, I guess, like a real uh, fidget spinner. I think you can like earn coins and things like that and buy new types of uh, fidget spinners in the shop. So, yeah, he's got that out for Android. I'm not sure if he has it on any other platforms right now. But, yeah, that's by Chad Shepard, who uh, is also a Knoxville developer. Uh, okay, continuing down the line. Uh, stop sharing. Joe, did you have anything else you wanted to share with us this month? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> okay. Yeah, been a busy month. Uh, Ruthann, did you have anything else you wanted to share this month? Uh, no, but I do have a question. Yeah, shoot. Have any, of you, have any of you read anything about your video games and mobile apps and websites needing to be ADA compliant? About the disability... American yeah. Disabilities. Yeah. You know, there are standards for web development, but there are also standards for, uh, well, like, okay, let's say that you're colorblind. Mm -hmm. There's certain colors you're supposed to use, you know, or if you're, if you're blind, you know, you should be able to change the, or almost blind, change the font sizes and stuff like that. So I've been reading a little bit about that. And it looks like that some companies like Amazon have been sued and had to pay lots of money because they weren't compliant. Wow. But the, the Department of Justice was supposed to come out with their guidelines this year and start going after people. So I was just thinking if you if you developed your games, like you were talking about Jacobs, hard hard to see. If you develop your games with those um, guidelines in mind, that could be a distinguisher in terms of selling your games and but the reason that the doj is not going to go after people this year is you know the rule about for every regulation you put off 14 more well the ada regulations was one of the 14 so it'll be a few years off but i found this i found this website up in um, canada now this is for being compliant uh, and their guidelines are similar to the ones in uh, the United States. But this is to test to see if your websites are ADA compliant. Now, there's software in the U.S., but you have to pay for it. And that website was free. So I just took some websites of people around here that I knew were like, I won't mention their names, but that were uh, big firms, you know, very popular firms. And um, and I also looked at the, you know, Wix and Weebly and Duda Mobile because they have their own websites. And you would think since they are the big website developers, they would be compliant. Okay. <clears throat> There's a guy here that I know that's a financial manager. His website was compliant. Weebly's was compliant. The other two website developers were not compliant. And it put put their uh, problems in like three different categories and it would list and tell you what you needed to do to change it. So wow. that might be a business idea if you wanted to. I mean, if they got to where they were really going after mobile apps and um, 
I mean, you know, I know you all don't want to go fix other people's mobile apps, but, you know, when I get old, and I mean, I am old, but, you know, if I want to sit around and do something, maybe I could look at websites and recommend that people make certain changes. But if you team with a website developer, in your case, maybe a a video game developer, uh, and maybe a graphic artist, they have to fix the graphics. They can't have graphics. It has anything written on it. You know, a lot of people's logos. Yeah, I haven't have, heard much about that, like anybody being like prosecuted or anything for not being ADA compliant. I know I've heard a lot about uh, the flashing the epilepsy, like people having seizures and things from flashing lights from games. I don't know if anybody's yeah. ever been to taken to court over like negligence. Uh, I know a lot, lot of games will say, hey, read the safety manual that came with your system and watch out for the health warnings don't sit and play your game for more than 20 minutes it's unhealthy for you and bad things can happen i did see a video not too long ago um forgot where it was but it's about league of legends and how league of legends would appear appear to colorblind people and it would show as like oh to someone who can't distinguish the difference between red and green Everything yeah. looks the same. They can't tell the difference yeah. from a friendly mine and an enemy mine. And yeah. it's really interesting. If I can find the link again, I'll post it on the Knox Game Design website. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, it did go into the. Yeah, de- I'm that, you know, I hadn't read, I hadn't heard anything about it except for one course rate course that I took two or three years ago. She just, she just mentioned it in passing, and I forgot all about it. And then one night. <laughs> About a month or two ago, I woke up in the middle of the night and I thought, wonder, <laughs> you know, that idea just popped in my head. I don't know where it came from. But anyway, I started looking into it and I found out that, you know, all, all that I told you. But anyway, I don't think there's a problem now, but in the future, you might want to at least keep a lookout yeah, for we'll that. We'll definitely have to consider that when making our games. And one thing I didn't realize is like the different types of colorblindness, like, And that video that I found, it went into all the different types. Like there's some people that can't distinguish blues from yellow, and some are more prevalent than others. I think the most common is the can't distinguish between red and green. And there are names for like all the different types of colorblindness out there. You know, I used to have a very bad trimmer. And so it was hard for me to type or use a mouse. And so, I mean, they you even have to uh, make... um, concessions for the mentally ill which i can attest to that one too but anyway the reason i'd be really good at looking at things with disabilities is that at one time or other in my life i've had a lot of them you know but anyway i just brought that up yeah that's something that we all need to take into consideration while developing our games so yeah i think that's that's going to wrap it up for august 2017 for knoxville game design Remember to check us out on iTunes, uh, Knox Game Design. You can go out there and find all the past episodes. Leave us a rating. Let us know what you like, what you didn't like. We're also on Stitcher. And, uh, yeah, we're also on the Google Play Store. Check us out if you want the video version of this meeting. Check us out on YouTube, Knoxville Game Design. And also you can go out and directly grab the RSS feed. So, yeah, before I close it out, I just want to uh, plug everybody's site again. You can find Joe Miller. He's uh, Double Square Joe. Uh, pretty much everywhere. Double Square LLC.com. 
and uh, Ruthann, you can find her Transy on Itchio, and I'm I'm in a couple of different places. You can find me uh, GA Tech Grad on Twitter. My main website is LeviDSmith.com. So if you just go there, you can find my Itchio and Game Jolt and everything else. So yeah going to wrap it up we appreciate everyone watching and everyone following us and we'll be back in a month